helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. ever look around and wonder why things are the way they are? Is it just random chance or is there a design behind the chaos in the world? I think the answer is yes, there is a design that the turmoil we are experiencing is being engineered to deliver us to someone else's desired outcome. Now, to discuss this topic today, I have Dr. Marlene McMillan. Uh, she came to my attention. I saw an interesting article on News with Views called Social Engineering, How You Are Being Deceived and Manipulated. So the title caught my attention, and once I read the article, I decided this would not only be somebody that I wanted to talk to, but I'm sure you would want to talk to as well. So, so Dr. McMillan, thank you so much for your time and spending some time with us here on the Constitution Study. Well, thank you for having me. We have a lot to talk about because you cannot escape this dialectic process. So you either have to understand it to protect yourself from it or become its victim and participant. So for those who, who haven't, aren't familiar, can you explain what you mean by the dialectic process and, and how it's being used to manipulate us? Okay, so let's start with the idea of social engineering. Engineering, by definition, doesn't just happen. Engineering, by definition, means it's planned. So when there are social engineers, then that tells you, oh, wow, there's a plan. There's people who are running that plan. There's an agenda, in other words. And that means there must be a method or a way of fulfilling their agenda. And the method called the dialectic process is what they use in order to use words to change the culture. And I've written a book about it called Mountains of Deceit that explains the steps of this dialectic process. And you know, Paul, it's like a um, magic trick. Once you know how the magic trick works, you're not uh, uh, prey to it anymore. You don't even enjoy it anymore. And so if you learn how these steps work, you'll find that a sleight of mind instead of a sleight of hand has been used upon you and you don't have to take it anymore. Ooh, I like that line, sleight of mind. So uh, from my example, uh, you know, I hear people often refer to American democracy, and I, I find it interesting because America is not a democracy. We're a republic, and we've even gone so far as the Merriam-Webster Dictionary has redefined democracy to make it seem more palatable than it, it truly is. And th th that, is that an example of, of a dialectic process we're going to redefine a word to make it maybe a little less offensive to get you towards this idea uh, that we ultimately want you to get to? Well, it's part of it because whoever controls the definitions controls the outcome. So every definition comes with a destination already built into it. So we need to be more careful with the words we accept, the definitions we accept, and quit coming into agreement or speaking politically correct. There's an agenda behind that. 
So back to your perfect example about democracy. Democracy literally means mob rule. So that means that whatever the mob, the most people decide is true or is going to be what is is the agenda, what's going to happen, then those people basically are in control whether it's right or not. So it takes us away from objective moral standards of right and wrong into total relativism. And part of this dialectic process, in fact, one definition of it, is the steps by which a person is moved from a belief in absolute truth to a belief in relativism. Or now we even have a whole generation growing up believing there is no playbook, there, there are no absolutes, everything can change any day, and it's totally up to me to decide what's true for me and what's not. And this breach with reality is part of what this new language is uh, structuring in the mind. It's a mental construct in order to receive tyranny instead of liberty. Ooh, I knew this was going to be a good conversation. So someone like me who refuses to accept the premise that um, a, a boy becomes a girl when they say so. Uh, refuses to use plural pronouns for singular, where a singular is, is required, uh, refuses to call a man a woman simply because they say so. I'm actually fighting to defend myself against this move towards someone else's agenda, correct? Correct. And it is very important that people speak the truth. See, this whole concept of bringing us into the new world order is based on a utopian utopia doesn't exist folks okay so whenever somebody tells you you can have a perfect world where everything's perfect that is unreality they're promising you unreality in exchange for your vote or very likely in exchange for your soul all you have to do is sell your soul i don't know what you have a problem with and so what they're coming back to here what we've got to remind ourselves of all the time is that when any idea has a collision with reality, reality will always win. I don't care how much you say, oh, that's not real, or I don't believe that. Gravity didn't get up this morning and ask you whether you agreed with it or not. Gravity operates whether you like it or you don't, and whether you think it's convenient or not. And we've got to come back to teaching our our children and young people, but I find uh, folks of all ages that have embraced these unrealities. And when I say to them something about the immutable laws of the universe, for example, an immutable law is you get more of what you talk about and you become what you think about. So if you want more of that, just keep talking about it. Just keep entering into the conversation. All of this, we have to have the conversation. Folks, that's part of this planned agenda. And there's some things we just don't need to talk about. You know, one of the things, because I, I deal with a lot of conversations and, and, and discussions. And what I've found, especially recently, is... There are a lot of people that make a lot of assertions, but when you ask them for the proof, for the evidence that what they're saying is true, 
you get the deer in the headlight looks. They, they never even thought of the concept that you mean I might have to prove what I'm saying is true. Is that another example of, you know, how we can defend ourselves, but not simply basing on, you know, he said, she said, but which one of those actually has proof that what they're saying is true? Okay, so now we're getting into the idea of teaching logic. Now, I homeschooled all seven of my children all the way through. I am a homeschool pioneer, and I have been very involved in not just my own homeschooling, but in preserving the liberty of others to homeschool. And two of the best books we ever studied are called The Fallacy Detective and The Thinking Toolbox. These are by the Blue Dorn brothers, B-L-U-E-D-O-R-N, Hans and Nathaniel. You don't have to get every bit of that down right now. But the point is, in the thinking toolbox and uh, the fallacy detective, they teach you to examine the premises. What On what basis is somebody's idea, um, you know, uh, standing or is it st even standing? They ta take teach you to ask... Uh, how do you know? And see, today, if I say, well, now, Paul, how do you know that? And you say, well, I was in the room when it happened. I know these people personally. I read the book. Oh, I wrote the book. You know, I think I have reason to know you know. But if I say, how do you know? Today, people are offended because they don't know. They only know what somebody else told them or what the media is, is rubbing in their face every day. And part of why they, the, this has to be uh, rubbed in our face every day is that we are living in a form of a re-education camp. Now, folks, this is not an extreme statement anymore. It can be shown and proven that Every day, we are exposed to the ideas that lead to tyranny instead of the ideas that lead to liberty. Now, I think I have the best card in the world, the best business card, the best ministry card, the best presentation card, because my card has two trees on it. It has a green tree of liberty that is alive and well, and it has a dead tree of bondage and tyranny that is as dead as it can be. And my card shows the seeds or the roots then that produce these different fruits. And so you can show somebody these two trees and you can even see it in your mind as I describe it. If I show you a green tree and a dead tree and say, which tree would you rather sit under? Which tree would you rather live under? You're going to prove the uh, choose the green tree, right? So in the process of this, we teach people that some ideas lead to life and some ideas lead to death. And if you want to have liberty, you're going to have to learn the principles of liberty and you're going to have to learn to speak liberty because our culture right now is only giving you 50 shades of tyranny and making you think they're giving you a choice. Well, there's so many things I want to talk to you about. So let me ask you this. I, I'm doing a boot camp. I'm starting a new program on my website um, called Constitution Study Patriots. I'm starting with a boot camp. And the very first part of the boot camp is what I call laying a foundation with which to build your argument and to, to listen to other people's arguments. It's based on the parable of the, the builders, right? 
Jesus talked about two guys that built houses. One built his house upon a rock, the other upon the sand. The winds came, the storms blew, and the house on the rock stood, the house on the sand fell. And the analogy I have is, you know, most of the people I encounter, most of the people I I discuss concepts with, they're even if they're right, their 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 house is built on sand because you, you when you challenge what they say, it's like it shakes their entire world to to question anything they say. And um I want people to say, no, I can under I can take a challenge because I've I've built my understanding on something solid, something real, not just what, you know, well, so-and-so said, so-and-so said. Um, it, it is, as I'm teaching people this process, is that an effective way to um, expose and possibly protect ourselves from this push towards a, a new world order in relativism? That's exactly right. And so what we have going on here is now the curriculum has changed everywhere, even in Christian schools. Some Christian schools do teach logic or teach uh, reasoning, apologetics, you know, teach how to uh, handle an argument. But now people are kind of thinking with their feelings and feelings aren't made to think with. And so they get all upset and emotionally involved that if I question one of your views, your position on something, if you even dare to take one, because now we're we're conditioned to groupthink. In other words, instead of of uh, making up our own mind, based on the word of God, you know, based on some objective uh, premises. Okay, I'm not just saying be your own, um, you know, God unto yourself. But if we take a position, a thesis, and we actually say, I believe, and fill in the blank, that right is right and wrong is wrong, for example, then we are somehow uh, criticized for attacking a person who holds to a different position. Now, one of the ways I'm introduced at many of my, especially live events, is you may not always agree with Dr. Marlene, but she will always make you think. Okay, so I want you to think. I want you to not be threatened about what you believe. I want especially our young people to go back and examine, why do I believe that? Where did I get that idea? Is Can I give a scriptural basis for that idea? Do I know the it is written that answers this problem I have in my life? And so when you give this kind of proof for your thoughts, then you're not Pray. You don't have to worry about sending like your child out and them having their whole worldview shattered. So there's a lot of that going on right now. There's a reason this deconstruction is taking over in many ways, and it's preventable by coming back to objective proofs. Well, I, I knew this was going to be a great conversation. I do have to take a break. So before I head off, though, I want to remind you to please head to the website constitutionstudy.com. Uh, I've had my first boot camp, which means probably take me a couple weeks to get the video edited before it's available on the website. But you can sign up for the still sign up for the updates. Go to constitutionstudy.com slash patriots. You'll be notified when the um, when the video is available and the Patriots program opens. Give me a, a couple of weeks because I've got a lot of video to edit and to make sure it's all it's all ready for you. 
but you can also sign up for the mailing list, for the newsletter, for the insider program, or just to have my articles and videos delivered direct to your email as soon as they're published. Now, I'd also like to recommend, you know, we have to learn to take care of ourselves. There's a, we have a responsibility to take care of our own health, and that includes making sure your immune system is functioning in tip-top condition. That's why, especially when I travel, I use Immune Super Boost. It, it combines over a dozen immune supplements in a single, easy-to-use, travel-ready gel pack from Healthy Cell. Healthy Cell is a leading innovator in supplements designed to work at the cellular level, and I love this stuff. Like I said, I just throw it in my bag when I hit the road and I take one every day. And it means I don't come home with a crud. I don't come home feeling bad. More importantly, I don't spread those germs to my family. Now, as an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off your first order from Healthy Cell, including Immune Super Booster, any of their great products. Just go to the website, HealthyCell.com. And when you check out, use the code OUTLOUD. Again, go to HealthyCell.com, put your card together, try any of their great products. But when you check out, make sure you use that code out loud. It lets them know that you listen to America Out Loud. And as a thank you, well, you get 25% off your first order. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. If you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on all the fear-mongering, but deep down you try and minimize viral exposure and your risk of getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a pulvinone iodine nasal solution. I don't need to tell you just how powerful a nasal cleansing formula with xylitol, pulvinone iodine, and vitamin D3 for immune support could be. In fact, my attorney told me not to tell you. Google it and find out for yourself. Now, get yourself a bottle of American-made Cofix RX nasal solution. Let's get out and live again. CofixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com. Use coupon code OUTLOUD and get 20% off.
welcome back, Everyday Americans. You rejoin the Constitution Study today with Dr. Marilyn McMillan, and we're talking about social engineering, and we're talking about how language is being used to manipulate us. And before we went to break, you know, I, I had a thought. Years ago, uh, I was teaching a senior high school Sunday school class, and for several years, I did this. I I would ask, I would tell my students, the most difficult question I will ask you in this entire class is why. I was less concerned simply that they gave me the right answer or the wrong answer, but that the answer was based in something they understood. They they weren't simply repeating what somebody else said. Um, to me, that was very important, and that's grown into the the need to not only say, okay, is the why based in something true? Uh, you know, as you talk about the 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 dialectic process and and logic and reasoning, you know, where do we fit this uh, th this need to do more than than worry about getting the right answer on the test and make sure that we actually understand what it is we're talking about? Well, you know, I used to tell my children that uh, when they grew up, who would they live with? They would always live with themselves. So it's a good idea to know what you believe and to be willing to stand on that and to understand the reasons that you've done the things you've done. And other people don't have to understand, but you are going to have to make sense of the choices that you make. Simon Sinek has a book called Always Start With Why or Start With Why. And there's a lot of um, foundation in that that relates even back uh, to the idea of knowing what you're doing. Why do you do what you do? Why do you believe what you believe? But see, we are now programmed to believe whatever we're told. We're programmed to believe what other people want us to believe. And we're uh, basically going through life mindlessly, letting someone else determine what we believe. And if you don't define yourself, and I mean knowing what how God defines you. Are you the righteousness of God in Christ? Do you know what that means? Well, the righteous of God in Christ speak in a righteous way. I actually have pastors try to tell me, well, there's no difference in language. What are you talking about? But I have a, a little chart. It's just a one-page chart. And I like to put things into simple language. And in this one-page chart, I'm going to describe it to our listeners. And you can catch this. The old world order, the truth column is on the left. This is where the starting point and we could call it the is or not column. In other words, you know those people who actually believe some things are true and some things aren't? Some things uh, are and some things are not? Well, if you look at that kind of language, that leads to righteousness in a culture. And folks, even if you want to do your own thing, you want to live around people who actually hold to moral standards. You really don't want to live in a world where every man does that which is right in his own eyes. Now, the new world order is the language of relativism. And it's where you hear the words like anything goes, you hear relativism, utopianism, you're always told you have all these choices, but if you make a choice that goes against what they want you to believe, all of a sudden you don't have 
the right to make those choices. And this is the language of wickedness. And it is the language that will lead you away from liberty. But you don't get up one morning and go instantly from an is and not world to a world of consensus. Now, let's talk about that word a minute. The word consensus, con in Latin means with, and census means with the sensual. So consensus means let's come into agreement with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And so if you are not willing to dialogue to consensus, meaning we'll just keep talking about it till we break down your moral standards and bring you into our immoral standards, then how do you go from this one place? How do you go from absolutes to relativism? You go through the middle of maybe, could be, what if. That's the transition phrase, phase, the dialectic process phase, and they use fear as the hook because if you are afraid you are prey to those who want to control you you remind me i was listening to an interview um with the neil degrice tyson and they were talking about the the covid and the covid vaccines and treatments and whatnot and dr tyson kept saying but it was the consensus it was the consensus and me and my personality was were literally yelling at my phone with the podcast out of going but what if the consensus is wrong? How often has the consensus been wrong? And it seems today that that question is almost verboten in many places. How do you dare question the consensus? Well, because frequently the consensus is wrong. The consensus was said the world was flat, that the uh, the the sun revolved around the earth, that uh, you know uh, uh, that black people were were inherently inferior to white people. All of those consensus were wrong. And we we so much focus on consensus. Or the, the other thing I see is what I call the, the tyranny, the expert, where, well, this is person's expert. They must know. Therefore, I don't have to think about it. I can just listen to the expert and do what they say. It's, it's really a lazy way of living life, is it not? Well, you know, in history, the majority is usually wrong. In fact, I have uh, taught some webinars on this kind of concept, and I've challenged people, show me in the Bible where the majority is right. You know, because uh, out of the spies, the 10 were wrong, the two were right. And you look at other times in history, even the um, the manipulation of crowds. If you look up the term manipulation of crowds, you will find about the Dutch tulip um basically where tulip bulbs became uh, more valuable than anything. And it would be, uh, it's a very interesting concept, but basically crowds are easier to manipulate than individuals. Groups will do things that, uh, that individuals will not do. So the part of the reason to get everybody into group think is to make them more easy to manipulate. Now, on your comment about experts, it's very interesting that the expert that's touting the statist or politically correct position for that day are listened to. But what about like all the real scientists who said we don't agree? They are, were experts and there were sometimes more of them than the a uh, politically correct expert, but certain voices are silenced 
and other voices are magnified. So not only do we have to determine which voices we listen to, but even control what voices we are allowed to hear. Yeah, because you cannot have what was as Benjamin Franklin said, um, there can be no such thing as liberty without uh, freedom of without freedom of thought, and no such thing as public liberty without freedom of speech. The ability to exchange ideas, to the humility to recognize I may be wrong, therefore I want to listen to the other point of view and see if their argument has something that's better than mine. It's antithetical to human nature, and it's become antithetical in many place, ways to just the, the public dialogue. If you disagree with me, I must vilify you. You must be evil because you disagree with me, even if what you're saying, what you're saying is 100% factually correct. Um, we've, you, we've kind of gone far enough down this dialectic path that uh, has a majority of the American people lost touch with the idea that there is the difference between truth and falsehood? Well, we used to have these things called idea parties. And in some ways, some of our Q&A on our webinars now is a little bit like that. But the idea parties, you had to be under uh, 25 when we started, you know, in order to attend. Uh, we had a limited number of seats. We had dinner and we started at six o'clock with dinner. And if you couldn't stay till midnight, if you wanted to leave before midnight, you couldn't get one of the seats. There were 12 seats at the table and it was an iron sharpens iron kind of thing. And one of our bylines was ideas are more fun than anything on television. And we would bring everybody, bring these young people together uh, with a mature professor of Western civilization, who's absolutely amazing, myself, and sometime a, a couple of other uh, more seasoned adults, to, you, to put it nicely. Uh, but then there would be eight to 10 of these under 25-year-olds, and then they were so much fun, you know, we extended that to at least being under 30. Uh, but the point is, you have to have a place where you can try out ideas, where you can say, well, what if this is this? And my children had that at the dinner table every day, and even in the van, you know, because we were constantly talking about ideas. So they could try out an idea, and then we would run that idea, it's called extrapolate. But, you know, we would say, okay, if that's true, then that leads to this, and this leads to this, and this leads to that. No, oh, wow, is that where we want to go? Is that where we want to live? Do we like the consequences of that idea? Did it look so good at the beginning? So this is part of this wonderful thing that parents are to do for children and friends are to do for each other. I have literally been the um, intellectual sparring partner for a very famous person who will remain unnamed at this and on this uh, particular interview. My point is that I don't care what level of thought you're at, you'd better have people around you. My webinars, I've surrounded myself with thinking people who challenge my ideas and say, well, where will that take us? 
What are we doing here? And I challenge all of our listeners to get yourself around people who think beyond where you are, who have bigger vocabularies than you do. Read books that make you sit there with a dictionary while you read the book and get yourself a Webster's 1828 dictionary. That's uh, the original dictionary that you get from face, F-A-C-E dot net. I love Webster's 1820. I, I use it all the time, uh, you know, but I, I, in listening to you and, and I've learned this over, over the years of my own experience, I think the problem is, and I kind of alluded to it, it's the American people have gotten too lazy to actually engage in, in that type of, of, or is that merely the, the mantra that's being repeated so that we will, you know, we'll, we, it'll move us from this idea of, well, you have to keep fighting for, for what's right and what's true because the people just don't care anymore. So why don't you just give up and go along with the flow? Is it that the American people have lost this idea or is it simply that it's not advertised, it's not made public in so many cases that we don't realize when this is going on? We, we don't realize that there are actually uh, a, a majority of people that are looking for the truth, the fact to, to sharpen their understanding on, on each other. Well, Hollywood has their way of saying what the pretty people are allowed to do or what is uh, supposedly uh, how you're to spend your time, you know, uh, looking in a mirror, I guess, all day long. Uh, but when you get out into real America and, and what, you know, the flyover zone, the homeland, the, the real people who make things and make things happen, these people are still raising their children to think and to read. Yes, the schools are being dumbed down. Why I want people to homeschool your children, uh, even the Christian school curriculum, even the homeschool curriculum, uh, that's another story for another day. Uh, but you have to have you can only have as much liberty as you have the character to first of all establish and then maintain so i have a book called five pillars of liberty where i actually go through that and explain the connection between character and liberty so yes the general the general media may be down on people thinking oh they don't care and they're lazy but that's i don't think that's really true and, and i think they need challenged let's say if they don't know what they don't know see it's instead of growing up finding out what you don't know um people now seem to be offended but they have to be have examples put in the in front of them of people who know something and have reaped the benefits of that and to encourage them and to strengthen them toward doing what is right so even in our webinars we have webinars every wednesday night people tune in from all over the world for our webinars some people stay up half the night to be on others get up in the middle of the night to be on uh, the people in the states especially in the central time zone have it very easy as far as their time factor and we teach what the bible says about law government history economics and education areas that will strengthen you and help you to defend your liberty uh, dr mcmillan this this is such a pleasure where can people in my audience find out more about you and the work that you're doing and maybe find out more about your webinars 
Okay, you go to Y, that's W-H-Y, Liberty Matters, M-A-T-T-E-R-S dot com. Y, Liberty Matters dot com. You have to put in your first name and email. And then uh, when you get a request back to confirm, you must confirm in order to hear from us. And then you'll get a welcome. And then you'll get information about how to tune in. They are not open. Uh, you can't just go on the web and tune in. You do have to um, sign up and uh, it will send you the instructions of how to participate. It's not hard, but it's just not an open free for all. I have had many challenges over what I believe and uh, there's just certain prudent methods that we need to use. But our webinars are uh, hardcore. They're for leaders of leaders. They're for people who really want to learn. And you go to YWHYLibertyMatters.com. You will also find my books there. Wonderful. Thank you for your time. I'd love to have you back sometime. It was a very interesting conversation. And I'm sure my, my audience has appreciated it. Now make sure to put the link and some other information about you on the show page when it uh, pops up on the podcast. Thank you for your time. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you, Paul. Now, I hope you enjoyed that the, those two segments as much as I did. I think I'm going to try and have uh, Dr. McMillan back because I, I love some of the insights she brought. But, you know, this is just one of several voices. The Constitution wants several voices here on America Out Loud. Now, you can hear them by going to AmericaOutloud.com. But do me a favor. Don't just drop in. Go there every day like I do. Find the articles, the stories, the, the videos, the, 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 the podcasts, the stuff that, that really interests you, that you think is important, and share it with friends, with family, on social media. See, that way you're participating. You are working to help not only share some good information, but to secure the blessings of liberty. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution Study. Again, I hope you enjoyed the, the talk, the discussion I had with uh, Dr. McMillan. It was very interesting, and it got me thinking. I went looking through my, my list of notes and, and seeing if I saw opportunities or, or examples of the, the social engineering we had been talking about. And sure enough, man, several popped up right away. Now, we just finished June, which is infamously known as Pride Month. I know some say famously, it really should be infamously. Because I was reading this article, uh, I found it on The Federalist, and it's from a, a John a, sorry, Joy Pullman. And it was really talking about the pride flag. And it got me thinking. See, my memory is correct. 
you know, first we had a pride day and I remember we had the pride parade on pride day and, um, most of the parades, at least the ones that got any sort of attention were pornographic. You know, they were people naked, dressed up weird. Uh, it was to put it bluntly, it was a freak show, but we were told that, well, we should have pride that people could put their freak on in public. And that was for a day. And then we had Pride Week. And now we've got Pride Month. And of course, you have you also have Black History Month. And you know, we still only have one day to remember the those who gave their life for our freedom, Memorial Day. And it got me thinking, are we being engineered? This word pride, is it being used to engineer? You should affirm this. Now listen. Um, black history is interesting. In fact, I like to go back to the fact that a couple of interesting facts, like the the first person in the in the Americas in the colonies to actually own another human being, happened to be a black man owning another black man. Uh, the first man to uh, to die uh, at the at the Boston massacre for you know to uh, our liberty, our freedom, was a black man, Crispus Attucks. I, I I think understanding, knowing our black history is important. Do we need a month to do that? I don't know if we need a month, but it'd be nice if we spent, oh, maybe a week studying the document that guarantees, that protects our, our rights and our liberties. And, and it wasn't such a, a passing manner. But then we had pride this and pride that, and, and everything talks about pride as if only people who hold a certain word worldview are allowed to be proud you can be proud to be black but it's implied you can't be proud to be white you've got again lgbt lmnop i remember when it was just gay pride and it was just you know homosexuals and, and and you had to you were kind of coerced into this idea of we need to we need to let them have this they need to be able to 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 do this, and I'm seeing how it's been changed. You know, we went from Pride Day, Pride Week, Pride Month, from Gay Pride to LGBT Pride to LGBT LMNOP QRSTUV everything under the rainbow Pride. Even the Pride flag has been changed, and now. It's become so, we've been so engineered into, we have to do this, that we actually had um, the American embassy at the Vatican flew a, a, a pride, pride flag. We actually had the White House, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, display, not only display a pride flag, but in the center between two American flags, which by the way, is a violation of federal law. There's a federal law called the U.S. Flag Code that requires the American flag to be the predominant flag, meaning it's either center or above all other flags. But now in the White House, this LMNOP pride they see is greater than the United States of America. And you can see how we've been, in many ways, socially engineered into this idea. 
and it's again, it's not just the word pride. How many businesses, uh, when when you know Black Lives Matter simply said you must do this, suddenly put you know black squares on their their social media pages, because they how many of them did it because they truly believe that Black Lives Matter, which really didn't care much about Black Lives by what they did, but you see they said so. It, it goes back to uh, uh, was it Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton, and the. The protection racket they ran, where it's like you know you will you will promote this or we'll do th- we'll boycott you and make you look bad. We've been socially engineered into this idea that if you hold certain worldviews, you must not just simply allow it; you must endorse it. We saw the same thing. Um, we were told by the Supreme Court that when they quote unquote legalized gay marriage, by the way, they never legalized gay marriage, but that's a discussion. I'm not quite, you know, that that's a discussion. I don't, it's a rabbit hole I'm not heading down right now. Has to do with what the cart actually does. But they told us, oh no, no, this will will never be used to I- infringe on the rights of others. But that's exactly what happened. It went from allow us to, to you're required to, to you're required to not only allow it, but you're required to endorse it. You must promote it. In fact, there's a case before the three Supreme Court, 303 Creative, the latest in the long series of cases about whether or not these these uh, these the gays or the the transsexuals or these others can force others to do creative work for them, not deal with them as a customer, but make them create a custom message that they find offensive. It was the engineering. You start here and it's a well, we just we just want to be accepted. We just want to be left alone. And it changes. Here's another one. This assumption that, you know, I've been saying for quite a while, to a racist, everything is race. Well, guess what? To a to a, 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 a what I could I to a trans person, everything's transphobia. Which I find absolutely interesting because this phobia term has been used, again, to manipulate us. Because, well, no one wants to be be phobic. By the way, a phobia is an irrational fear. It started with homophobia, as if we were afraid of homosexuals rather than complaining about some of the policies they had. And now every time some group wants to not have their views challenged, everything becomes phobia. Same thing with racist, right? If you disagree with the race hustlers, then you're a racist, when it's actually the race hustlers that are the racists. It's the re-swizzling of words in order to um, defend yourself against attacks and move society in a certain direction. Which gave us... So back to the, to the trans, there's a, um, a, a chapter, there's a sorority called Chai Omega. And um, they had a dude that uh, joined their sorority at St. Lawrence University in New York State. And the national chapter booted him out. Now, the email that this dude got said, the selection criteria in the policy on membership includes females and individuals identifying as women, which, by the chapter's own understanding and your indication through the process, it is clear you did not meet the criteria at the time of your joining. We are bound by our governing documents and your membership must be voided. 
So you got a dude trying to join a sorority, which is, you know, stupid enough. But then this guy goes to TikTok. And he said, well, he had rushed at the sorority and he'd been a member since 2022, that this, is, this, is, this must be transphobia. Excuse me, but their own documents say, if you identify as a woman, you can join. The problem is, you are neither female nor identifying as a woman when you started, which means you never really should have been accepted in the first place. But what do we have? Oh, I'm non-binary, therefore uh, you're, you're out to get me. No, you're an idiot. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, you, you, have a, you have a mental issue that says you can't figure out whether you're a boy or a girl. You just, you want to play around with whatever. That's basically what they're saying, and I'm binary. I'm just going to pick whatever the heck I want. It's how I feel. You're a narcissistic little fool by the looks of it, or at least you're acting that way. Let me be fair. You're acting like a narcissistic little child that, as a dude who I guess is non-binary, sometimes actually thinks he's a dude, tried to join a sorority, which kind of shows uh, you know, a, a, a perverted little nature to, 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 behind some of this. And now that you got caught, you're playing the victim. I'm sorry, but um, you didn't qualify, and you never qualified. And if the sorority buckles to the extortion of a person like this, they kind of deserve what they get, which is kind of kind of sad to say. Because this has gone so far, so fast. There, the, the irrationality, the stupidity, as Friedrich Bonhoeffer referred to it, is so ingrained. Um, I saw another example. This is a, a Texas professor who claims he was fired, Dr. Varke, that, that, he, that he was fired because he, his class was offensive. Now, Dr. Varke and his, his attorney um, were on the Crossroads show on Epoch TV, and I'll let him explain what happened. Well, so, Dr. Varke, just first off, tell us what exactly happened. I've been teaching biology for, in fact, human anatomy and physiology for the last 20 years in the same place, St. Philip's College, which is one of the community colleges in San Antonio. And last semester, which is fall of 2022, while I was teaching uh, the reproductive system, which I've been teaching for the last 20 years, some of my students just walked out. And uh, uh, later, uh, the beginning of this year, I received a letter, I mean, an email from the Vice President of Academic Affairs that they are doing an investigation on my teaching uh, at uh, where I was teaching. Then uh, I asked, uh, asked him what are the complaints, what, you know, what, what exactly was the complaints. Uh, he said that uh, the human resources will contact me and uh, every communication will be with them. But the human resource did not contact me. But later, two weeks later, I received another email from the vice president that I am terminated because of my class was offensive and unacceptable. 
Did you catch the social engineering? The word offensive. Now, listen, there's a lot of things that offend me, but here we're being told that human biology, the facts about human biology are now considered offensive in this school, and you are not allowed to teach. I don't know what this is a community college. I don't know what what tracks they are on, but just imagine you're going to see uh, some medical professional, a doctor, a nurse, a physician's assistant, and you find out that they went to school at this college. Wait, you're telling me that you didn't learn biology because it was found offensive. Do you want that doctor treating you? But notice, the word offense, it's like the worst thing you can do is offend somebody. I mean, that, 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 that's childish. That's irrational. It's, pardon me, stupid. But that's the social engineering we've been driven to. We are so afraid of the word offensive that this school apparently fired this professor for teaching an accurate class on human biology which was the purpose. This is, he isn't teaching history. He isn't teaching math. He's teaching biology. He's teaching the reproductive system in which X and Y chromosomes are the determining factor. But a couple of wimpy children walk out, call it offensive, and the school folds like a cheap suit. Now, I don't know the doctor. I don't know the, the, the school. But it tells me, look at where social engineering has taken us, where the basic common sense fact that the reproductive organs, the biology of the human body, teaches that X and Y chromosomes determine sex is now not allowed to be taught in that school because some overgrown child found it offensive. Yeah, social engineering has done a lot to this country, and I can't think of much of it that's good. Now, the only good thing I could think of is if words manipulated can ruin things, maybe if we find the real definition and, and stand up and use the words properly, they can change things for the better. I can certainly hope. It's why the first thing I teach at the Constitution Study Boot Camp is the firm foundation of understanding proof, understanding original documents, understanding words. Because, you know, they used to say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But that seems to have been lost. People claim that words are violence, and because of that, you can't say anything I don't like. They claim freedom of speech to say whatever they want, but you're not allowed to say anything they don't like because, well, that hurts them. And if we continue down this path, I, I think our future is, well quite bleak indeed. If you cannot say, I'm sorry, two plus two does not equal five because someone says that's offensive, do you really want to get on an airplane, get in a car, drive over a bridge, or even get into an elevator from an engineer that was not taught that two plus two equals four? Why is it any different for a medical professional who wasn't taught that chromosomes determine sex? This is dangerous. And we need to be aware of it, and we need to counter it. Now, hopefully, you found this an interesting episode. I certainly did. I hope you'll come back and join me for the Constitution Study every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio Network. 
If you can't listen then, that's okay. All of my episodes go to podcasts generally a day or two after they're heard on talk radio. But I do ask, if you listen, subscribe to the show. It it helps people find us in the ratings. Leave me a, a, a review or a rating. It helps people be willing to try the Constitution study if other people have commented on it. You can find all the links you need at the homepage at americaoutloud.com. But as with everything else, I ask you to share them. Share the news, share the information, share the stories. Because by doing so, you help share the blessings of liberty. Liberty.